0: And we're back. We're back with Let's Talk About God. With Let's Talk About God. Today we're talking about God. We both have our deep voices today. <laughs> <laughs> must be the rain. It must be. I don't know <laughs> about you, but when I wake up and it's like all dark in my room, I'm like I don't I don't want to get up right now on those rainy days.
1: No, if there's every day you could lay around a little bit. It's rainy days. And I'm an early morning person, see. So I get up and usually the first thing I do is I throw on some clothes and I go walk. It's my walking and I pray. A walk and pray is I've said many times. You know, I, my joke about it, I'm the guy that mumbles. <laughs> that's why people, people probably look out the window. and Goes, kids stay in the house. There's the guy that mumbles There's to the himself. Creepy guy. The creepy guy that mumbles to himself while he walks. But I don't think that's the case. But um, I couldn't do that this morning because it was pouring rain. So
0: you um, had to walk around the room.
1: No, i will just, just supposed to clear up today, and I, I'll, pro- I'll probably do it later this evening. I'll try to get it in the evening time, you know, hopefully, because it's July. I know this podcast will come out in August, but we everybody knows we do these a month in advance, so I think your, all of our listeners know by now, and mm-hmm. it's hot. I mean,
0: who It really is. The humidity is, like, thick.
1: Yeah, thick, and this week's supposed to be, like, 90, 91 every day just about, and then the next
0: week, and so
1: welcome to the deep south mm,
0: mm, mm, mm. but at least we
1: don't have a foot of snow for six months that is very true i'll trade off some humidity and 90 degree days for uh for that because i had enough of that growing up what have you been up to
0: just living life hanging out doing you work- you're working on your master's degree right yep so- in school all right how's that going you roasted my paper for 45 minutes the other day. I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's but part no, of it's it. actually going good. <laughs> Everything else has been fine. Well, I, I'm, I'm an author. I'm a
1: writer. And, uh, and even authors have to have that writers have to have that it doesn't matter how good you are you always it's always good to have somebody else
0: to be fair you didn't roast the content he roasted my repetitiveness he roasted my poor writing it was grammatical yeah i don't i don't
1: mess with your content that's that's your business but um just sentence structures and grammar and you did good i don't want people think you did bad you did good it's just uh
0: feels good to be done with that but it's been it's been busy i'm ready i'm ready to go on vacation next week it's a good week.
1: paper on concup, concupiscence 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 are we going to do a are we going to do a podcast on concupiscence
0: i mean we've already done one on sin but we can go back and hit concupiscence Well, we didn't talk about deeper. it I, everybody out there is going con what con- that way then you can walk away and feel like a genius concupid is it have anything to do with valentine's day concupid sense. You know, I do wonder if there, because it's Latin-based, concupiscencia. I think it, there. I wonder if there's like some sort of connection. I don't know, because it's based on desire, you know, but sinful desires. Maybe Cupid lust, has something to do with Cupid, desire, lust, lust. with yeah. lust. Con is with Cupid with lust. Maybe or maybe Fullness. it's just with Cupid. Maybe with like a naked floating baby. Don't go there. Don't get that image. in our the little fat, with an arrow. The little fat cherub with the bow and arrow and the wings.
1: Your grandmother has a picture of that at her house in the bathroom, the guest bathroom, which uh-huh. we always use. And so, every time I'm in that bathroom, I have to look, stare up at that wall. That picture it's of these two little creepy little fat cherub babies uh, with little wings, and I'm like, uh-huh. that's not biblical. That's not even remotely <laughs> biblical. I ever came up with this? It's just like. This is this is sacrilegious hanging in my mother in law's house. So <laughs> it's, it's, every time I look, I'm thinking if heaven's full of those, man, we're in trouble.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, uh, yeah, it does but, not uh, serve the biblical picture. Oh, no, <laughs>
1: there he goes, folks. There's that pun pun filled segue. No, it does not serve <laughs> our purpose.
0: I came up with that like two minutes ago and I was just looking for for somewhere to say serve. Slip your foot in the door. Yes. And so,
1: okay, so serve. (laughs) What do you think we're gonna talk
0: about today? I bet you have no idea. You say service, kinda. But but what are we gonna talk about today? Well they've already seen the title, as Josh Lawless pointed out. That's true. And spoiled our fun. That's true. We are talking about the biblical office of deacon. Right.
1: And that initially could sound like, Oh, that sounds so terrible. It's not, it's no. actually, which hopefully by now listening to these podcasts, you've realized that we could take, we can't, we can take the subjects that may seem like, eh. And when, by the time we're through with it, you're like, good gracious. I didn't know <laughs> there was, and hopefully we're going to do that today
0: Yeah, because absolutely. the
1: role of the deacon, while often downplayed, uh, was really an important role in the early church. And, and even if like some of our listeners go to churches that don't have deacons, Mm -hmm. okay. They have like maybe an equivalent because in our denomination, which is, which is the church of God out of Cleveland, Tennessee, we have, they our minutes, our bylaws um, provide for a council, a church council, church and pastors councils, official title. Okay. So which is not the role of a deacon. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not. And I've read the minutes obviously because I'm credentialed, um, all of our listeners who may have a Baptist background, you're very familiar with it because a deacon is a very prominent has a prominent role in the Baptist church, especially Southern Baptist church. So, just it depends on our listeners today. Mm-hmm. Uh, at our church, High Praises Church in Anderson, South Carolina, we do have deacons. Yep, and and so we chose to, uh, which our minutes, our bylaws allow that that instead of uh, going with the structure that is that is. Uh, common with our denomination, we decided... To be biblical, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist. Just I, hope... I
0: was gonna say it in like a very nice, non-resist. No, I was way. just gonna say it. I hope
1: my I hope my state bishop isn't listening, but he would start laughing. He he, he has such a great sense. You, he'd probably be laughing right now. I don't know. Maybe the general overseer of the Church of God's listening. Somebody Let's forward. Somebody forward this to Tim Hill. He, he, he'll get a kick out of that too. But um, so, so it it's a really important, and it was a really important role in the early church. Church, and there are some really cool stories about deacon. So anyway, this is going to be a good broadcast. I guess podcast. you
0: say all that to say, like we're doing, you know, like we do. We're doing a little series, and the Bible really only gives us two um, clear offices, and that is deacon and elder. That's it, deacon and elder, and then sometimes you, you know different words for elder, you know, episcopos or anyways. We'll get into that next episode. Yeah. But the reason it's where it's so important is because the scriptures give us. Two official roles all right so let me let me say this before we get
1: into because we always do our 30 second but can I say this mm-hmm. so if you go to Philippians chapter one verses one and two all right so Paul writes this this letter to the church at Philippi it's a short little letter it's one of my favorite books in the Bible. we get a brief synopsis of the structure of the early church because this is how Paul begins the letter so he addresses the letter the salutation here it says Paul refers to the saints which would be the church membership, that mm-hmm. he says the bishops, which are those that are responsible for the spiritual task, mm-hmm. and, and then the deacons. So in Paul's mind, if we can, and I think we can, we can see that Paul, because uh, inadvertently, he's just addressing the composite of the early church. We're seeing the composite. We're seeing the components of that, which is the people, the saints, the church members, the, the bishops which in our terminology today would be the elders and we're like you said we're going to talk about the next pocket which would be in this case for them the pastors yeah. and then the deacons so yeah you're te- you're right on um the, the, the there's there's two leadership uh uh positions that was very very functional and very common in the early church mm-hmm. and uh, it's amazing 2000 years later we've still for uh, uh, and, and of course, polity changes for church, churchmen in a broad sense, we've kept those two positions. Yeah. And which, as I think we should. Yeah, absolutely. And when I started High Praises, I'll say this and we'll get it. Um, when I started this church, the church that we started out of, we, we were started out of a church from in Greer, South Carolina, Praise Cathedral, who, who we will always be indebted to and in, and a congregation we love dearly uh, because it was our mother church. Uh, but that church had the traditional structure of a church and pastor's council, which was again that's the form for the church god had no had no elders officially um but it's, I was fine with that you know I was on staff it's not my business I'm on staff that's the the lead pastor's vision what he wants to do but when God dealt with me to plant this church uh which has now been twenty over twenty two twenty two and a half years ago uh twenty two and a half years ago i I knew in my spirit in my mind. That when I started this church and I was able to craft and form it, 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 it you know, the way I felt like the thing that I saw, that's vision, mm-hmm. what I envisioned, is I, w- I, I wanted to have elders and deacons. I wanted to be more, again, here's the funny thing, I wanted to be more <laughs> biblically based. Um, and it has worked out tremendously. It yeah. Has, it has been unbelievable, these two positions. Um, and I'll talk about some of that today. So, yeah, I'm all for this. This is going to be good today, and hopefully our listeners will really enjoy this and maybe understand more about these roles and what 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 these people do who serve in these positions.
0: Yeah. So let's give like a 30-second definition of deacon. So mine's like kind of choppy, but here it is. Deacon, a deacon is an official New Testament office. The responsibility of a deacon is to exercise responsibility for the physical needs of the congregation coinciding with the meaning of the word deacon, which is essentially servant.
1: Yeah, that's good. Simple enough. Did you get that in 30 (laughs) seconds?
0: Uh, Way earlier than 30 seconds.
1: Okay. Uh, I I think that's really good. Um, Maybe from a different perspective, um, a deacon is an individual who serves his local church um, and alleviates the administrative load of the pastoral staff uh, that that may that may be the way I'd put it in just a simple simple phrase. Nice. Yeah, I think
0: we're like essentially pointing at the same thing here.
1: Yeah, and the, you you said it in your pun. It's about s- servitude. It's, mm-hmm. it's service, and, uh, and, and 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 I'm looking over our notes, but um, if we can just kind of go down the Greek path for a while. Mm-hmm. So the Greek word for deacon is diokanos, a uh, diokanos, and diokanos. Uh, the root word is uh, diaco, and it means to run errands, to be an attendant, and and this one ought to resonate with people to be a waiter at a table. Mm-hmm. So when you go to Longhorns or Chili's or whatever your favorite restaurant is, and you have a server who comes up and serves you that entire meal, that's a that's a deacon. Mm-hmm. Now it's, obviously it's not a church deacon, but but it would be a diocanos or diaco. It would be a person who uh, who's serving you, waiting tables. Um, and, and the and the person's role is to provide service at the people seated at the table, assuring that their needs are met. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what we've got in mind here with the deacon, that the deacon's job is to serve the people of the church, making, make, making sure that the, the needs are being met, and particularly the physical needs. Needs and it isn't that we'll get into this a little bit. It's not that they're not spiritual, but I think primarily their role is to take care of the physical needs of a church. So, so let me just say this because we may have people listening that are a deacon or have been a deacon. We have pastors, maybe you listen, they're considering deacons, or whatever. A deacon then, a deacon's role is more than that of sitting in a meeting to discuss financial matters and to complain to the pastor or complain about the pastor. <laughs> that That's not a deacon. Yeah. Okay, do deacons sit in meetings and talk about financial matters? Yes, they mm-hmm. do. Okay, do they sit in a meeting and complain about the pastor? No, they do not. I don't know what that is, mm-hmm. but that's not a deacon's role. And sometimes, um, and maybe we'll get in this later, you know, deacons are elected in a church. And so there are times when deacons feel their responsibility is to, the congregation who elected me like a politician. And so they they feel like they're the watchdog over the pastor and they mm. have to hold the pastor in check. Well, that's not biblical. Yeah. There's nowhere in the Bible where you see deacons keeping the apostle Paul or Peter or even any elders in the church in check. You know, you're going to answer to us and we'll we'll hire and fire you because some, some denominations have a board, okay? So I'm going to throw out, I'm going to go ahead and do it like the, like the assemblies of God, uh, and anybody who's listened who's Assembly of God knows this is a truth. They have a board. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. It's called the board. They'll they'll talk about. I've had I've got people who go to our church who form Assembly of God Evan, and they talk about the board. You know, we always used to be on the board. I served on the board, and and that board has all the power, and they can hire and fire the pastor. And they're just they kind of control the guy. I mean, he sits on the board. I think has a voice and a vote, but that's it in my understanding of their polity. So from what we see in the scriptures, that's not the role of a deacon, mm-hmm. you know, to control the pastor and and
0: uh, and keep but, him in check. What you've described, even with the language you're using sounds more like an American company than it sounds like a church and a church office, right? The language of board and all those things sounds like something you know what I mean? Like you have a board at a company that keeps the CEO in check and fires him when he does something bad. Right.
1: And it very, it it's very—it smacks yeah. of that, like a yeah. board of directors. Mm-hmm. And and I don't want to offend any of my br- br- brothers and sisters who are in the Assemblies of God or, no. or the Southern Baptist Church. Has we've
0: already we've already taken shots at the Church of God now Assemblies Baptist. We're just going for everybody. We just we're equal the- opportunity clowning today yeah
1: we're just on everybody but we, we don't <laughs> we love everybody and we we respect all yes. forms of polity so we're not we're not saying ours is superior i'm just saying um that that and i think we should say that i think that's why we do this in this podcast is we we point out things is we have structures um it, it, like i said i don't the church of god we're not even biblical i'm just kidding but mm. i mean we're not even we don't even call them deacons so um the point is their role if you're going to have a deacon, their role, they should have a servant's heart, and they should want to serve. They mm-hmm. want to take care of the church. That That's what their role is. And well, so they perform no. this. And so I'm going to say this, and then they perform the service ministries of the local church. Now, not all of them, okay, because obviously, but the sir, and we'll get into those details in a minute. And it's an incredibly important role. Mm-hmm.
0: That's good. Well, let's let's like get into the biblical text. So let's get with the foundation of deacon. Now, well, I'll go ahead and start off saying this text actually doesn't mention the office of deacon. Right. I was going to say but that you
1: said yeah. It's
0: very. <clears throat> excuse me. It's very possible that what I'm about to read becomes the foundation for the office of deacon that the church kind of builds on later. So it's Acts chapter six. Um, I'm going to read you verses 2 through 6. Basically, the church has started, and then the Hellenistic Jews, that would be the Jews um, who are essentially Greek, have adopted the Greek culture, um, speak Greek, all of those things like that. Um, Which
1: is really interesting because they were Greeks, and they they became proselytes to the Jewish faith. That's right. All right, then they get saved.
0: Then now they're Christians. So now they're
1: Christians who were formerly Jews who are non-Jews,
0: who are yes. Greeks. So now they're complaining that in the daily distribution, so basically the early church was distributing food and resources to widows. Um, they were complaining that they were being overlooked in favor of the Hebraic Jews or you know, the non-Greek Jews, the Abrahamic Jews. So there was favoritism in the church. That's right. In the early days of the church, there was favoritism somewhat based on race. That's right. So there was, there was a lot of conflict there. So basically, they put together, the church puts together a team to handle this. And so I'm going to read that here. Acts chapter 6, verses 2 through 6 says, The twelve, that's the apostles, Summoned the whole company of the disciples and said, It would not be right for us to give up preaching the word of God to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom, whom we can appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole company, so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, uh, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a convert from Antioch. They had them stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So <clears throat> let me go through kind of a list that I wrote out about these uh, deacons, and then let's kind of talk about the text that we just read. I said, one, there to be servants over those in need they're to be servants over those in need. So they're taking care of widows and now widows who feel like they have suffered racial prejudice. Two, they're to be full of the spirit and wisdom. And so this whole time you've heard us talk about servants, uh, practical needs, handling finances, meeting the needs of those. And you might think, okay, this is just like a glorified, you know, handyman or service work. No, this is a spiritual, uh, uh, needing to be spiritually sensitive office, be full of the spirit and wisdom. Three, and notes they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. They need to be men of faith in the Holy Spirit, as well as those six others. Four, and this is really important, you need to select deacons with wisdom. All of the men that they chose, if you look at their names Presumably, were Greek men. That's right. So they weren't dumb. They didn't go choose Joe Schmo off the street. They knew they needed to uh, minister to to Greek women, and so they chose Greek men to help them out, who would understand them, who could sympathize with them, who who knew their culture. They chose their their uh, their family. If so you know.
1: I'm I'm just gonna go out here and be funny. They didn't. You said Joe Schmo. They didn't get Joe Goldstein. No, they
0: didn't. <laughs> and, I, and I said that on purpose because Goldstein
1: is often a a Jewish name. Yeah, so no. I'm, I'm doing that on purpose, <laughs> trying to be funny. That's really the point is that instead of getting six Hebraic
0: converts right. to
1: Christ, they got six Greek That's right. converts to Christ. And that was wisdom. You're right. So that these men, it, it would say to the church, especially to that segment of the church that felt like they were being neglected, hey, we're going to get your guys, your yeah. people, and, and so that they'll make sure. You know, that That's right. and I thought that, that that was a lot of
0: wisdom. They were selected um, by all of the disciples. So they brought the community together. So they were approved by the community, maybe even selected by them. But they were also commissioned by the apostles. So notice the, uh, the synergy, if you will. The disciples and the church community selected and approved them. But the apostles were ultimately the ones who laid hands on them, approved them and commissioned them to do this work.
1: And can, then can I address that for a minute? Yeah. <clears throat> we'll just take our time on this. No, fine. So this this particular passage has been really important to me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it influenced the way we do things at High Praises. Now, you can be critical of the way we do things here. That's fine. Uh, um but this is our context and this is what has worked for us for 22 and a half years. <clears throat> um I don't see the word election here anywhere. And a lot of people say, well, they were elected. It Mm -hmm. doesn't say they were elected. It just, it says select select from among you. So what what some people say is an election, I say is a nomination. Mm -hmm. So they nominated seven guys and said, here are seven men. <clears throat> and they presented them to the apostles because the apostles are controlling the boat here. They're running the boat. Yeah, Go- the
0: apostles have called the council. They called the council. Said you do the selection. They lay the hand. And then we're gonna
1: do this and yeah. we're gonna fix this problem. Yeah. But we need you to be part of the process. So they nominate seven guys. Never says election. Never says they took a vote. Mm-hmm. They they looked among themselves and said, We gotta find seven guys of good reputation, full of spirit and wisdom. And it says whom we can appoint. To this duty, so it doesn't say uh, it. It says not elect to this duty, appoint. So I believe that rather than an election, they had a nomination and an appointment, mm-hmm. and that's how we have done things in here, which has been very, very different because most churches elect their church and pastors council, they elect their board. Okay, they elect their deacons, but at High Praises, we decided that we were going to try this according to what we saw in the scriptures. So we nominate our our deacons. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately it is my task as the lead pastor to appoint them to their position. And what we do, and I'm not going to get into details, but the deacons, the existing deacons are incredibly involved. And what we do, we start by fasting and praying. So we establish a a period uh, from a month to month. We say, okay, I want you to fast and pray. And we need to ask God to give us direction just like the early church did. And then the deacons nominate Because they know the task, they know the job description, they know Mm -hmm. what it takes to do that in this particular church and context. You know, we have almost a one and a half million dollar budget and property worth five million dollars and a lot of overhead, uh, salaries. You know, uh, I think eleven people on staff, uh, and so that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And and so you've got to have somebody that can that's qualified that can can come in and work in that role to make decisions on that level. And so these guys nominate, and then we go through a vetting process. Like I said, I won't get into the details and interviews and go through. When it's all said and done, this takes months. This takes several months, okay? It's a process. But then when it comes down to it, what happens is it usually the process weeds out and the vetting weeds out and works through. And what's so interesting is that when you fast and pray and go through this process, I, I've seen it time and again where if I need we need three deacons, We get three deacons. We get three nominees that that I can just go ahead and appoint. If we need two, if we need one, it's like every time God just works it out and we're not electing. The problem I've seen with elections, uh, and this has been a running joke with me for years, Evan, is that in most churches, the only guys that ever get elected to positions like this are special singers (laughs) and and ushers. (laughs) Basically, the people who other people see. Right, exactly. So everybody, whoever sings on the stage, they know them because they see them every week, and then whoever's at the front door shaking their hand. Well, I always used to say just, just because you're an usher and you can receive the offering doesn't mean you know how to spend the money. Yeah, yeah. And, and just because you can sing on stage doesn't mean you know how to how to do a budget and operate with a church and expenses. So, so you have to find guys that are qualified, that have a business sense, and guys that understand money, and guys that... Um, you know, are, are, are wise. And you just, there's kind of this list you go through and uh, it's worked out great for us. Yeah. And, and the thing that I always knew that I would be accused of is, is of appointing sycophants. Yes, men.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I've never done that. God knows. I I don't want yes, men. That would be the worst thing in the world. We, the deacons are part of the process. We, we are looking diligently and praying diligently for guys that can step into this role and function in a at a premium level because there are a lot of big decisions. I mean, sometimes we're spending tens of thousands of dollars. We got to have guys that can have the wisdom and and, and we, we face things. I need somebody that can bring wisdom and bring business wisdom and say, yeah, here's what we need to do. And we've had some things that happens through the years with personnel and times where I've looked at our deacons and said, all right, you know, I got a lot of wisdom experience. I I don't know what to do here. What mm-hmm. do we do here? what what happens, and I've watched as our deacons go into business mode and they're just for five minutes they're just pouring it out because that's their thing, and so they're just going back and I just sit back and I listen well, I do two things i they will come up with a solution they they're bantering and in their discussion and they they come up with the answer, and I just listen and let them do it. Meanwhile, I'm learning mm-hmm. I've learned so much from our deacons through the years from about business it has made me incredibly wiser, and then when they're done, I'll say, okay this is what I hear you saying. And I will give a synopsis of what they have, and they will look at me and say, that's exactly right. That's what we need to do. I said, I need a motion. And they'll make a motion, second it, and they will come up with that answer. And and then they're looking, and they're always looking out for the church. So you, you've you got to have somebody that can bring that to the table. Mm-hmm. And as well as serve, you know, serving the church, because that's that's incredibly important too. And, and by the way, it, we kind of have this um unwritten we didn't put it as a qualification but one of the things we look for for a deacon is are they presently serving in the church
0: that's good we, are they already servants already
1: servants yeah that's it's kind of an unwritten we we do it on purpose we just leave it as an unwritten rule mm-hmm. a guide is when we're going through the nomination process is are they are they just sitting on the seat not doing anything or you know are are they volunteering in the children's department on the safety team in the youth staff, whatever are they already involved in ministry? Because then yeah. that shows they have a servant heart.
0: That's really, really good. And yeah, I just just highlighting what you what you said there. Um, it was never a popularity contest. It, 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 no, nothing about this uh, selection um, had to do with how popular someone was. It had to do with with faith, with wisdom and being filled with the holy spirit that that was it they're looking for capable wise men and then there is that synergy there and so i i, I guess that's what you were trying to say is um to fulfill the office of a min, of, of of a minister whether you're a deacon whether you're an elder in the sense that we have elders or whether you're a pastor in that sense of elder you would never go based on popularity you would always look for calling um, and looking for God's hand on that person. And that's what we do with deacons here. So,
1: and I know that we're just kind of we flow through we're this. We're just riffing. We've got notes, but we we kind of just flow with this. And this is kind of easy for me because, I, and I've got 22 and a half years as a full time mm-hmm. pastor doing this with deacons, but, um, they have to be spiritual, and you you mentioned that you know they have to be full of the Holy Ghost, and that's a requirement. That and we have some
0: great stories of both Stephen and Philip right after this. Oh
1: yeah, well, doing the,
0: incredible things, doing so. incredible
1: ministries. It's yes. outside of waiting for the waiting.
0: diaconate ministry, right? Exactly, yeah.
1: but uh, but we I want a deacon to be spiritual, mm-hmm. like because there have been times when we've needed faith. So like in 2014, when when things were kind of rough here in America and the economy was going through what it was going through, um, I remember at our church, it was weird. It was the weirdest thing that we were were struggling financially. And our church has always done really, really well financially. But for whatever reason that year, it's just the, the giving was not what it normally was. And I remember we got to like August and we were... We were like ten thousand dollars. I don't even know. If, I can't remember. We were either we were either in a surplus of the needed like what ties you need and offerings to 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 build the to do the budget. We were there ten thousand under or ten thousand over. Well, I'm just it's stressing me because mm-hmm. we've always been strong financially. That's never been, and so I'm just stressing out. And I go into a deacons meeting, and uh, uh, I look at the guys, and I said we went through the the we went through the the finances. We always do a financial report, and then I said, "There's only one other item on the agenda." And they said, "What's that?" I said, "We got to pray." <laughs> and, I, and I said, "You saw the financial report." I said, "I don't know what's going on." I said, "I don't understand my church. I don't understand what's happening. I don't, I don't know what's happening." I said, "But I don't know what else to do." I said, "We got to get a hold of God," and that's what we did. I said, "So we we need to ask God to speak to our people." And speak to their heart. I, I don't know why. I mm-hmm. mean, the church is great. Everybody seems happy. We're not having problems. I said, I don't know what's good. And we bowed our heads, and, and there, all our listeners know we're Pentecostal, so we pray out loud and we pray fervently. So in that room that day, six, seven, eight, however many guys were in there, all of us, we just had a, to put it in terms, we just had a good old-fashioned men's prayer meeting. I mean, we cut loose and got a hold of God for quite a while. I mean, we sought God and said, God, we need you to move. And I dismissed them. Well, it takes faith. See, those men were praying in faith. a prayer of faith is, God, we need you to move. And you have to be spiritual. And every one of those men were spiritual. Every mm-hmm. man, every one of those men were praying with passion and faith, and they took this seriously. The next Sunday, it's like the heavens opened and money started falling out, and the, the finances exploded. And for the rest of the year, the giving went through the roof. Wow. And we ended the year with a tremendous surplus, just a tremendous year. And every one of those men from that point on, we'd have a financial meeting, they look back and they said, you know, it went back to when we <clears> prayed. <throat> so there is a spiritual side yeah. to this that is really, really important. And uh and, and I'll tell you what else, we, you talk about supporting the pastor. Um, we had the perfect storm that hit a few years ago. Uh and it might have been that year. I don't remember. But we had this perfect storm and it might have been the same year. I, I can't remember. But uh, it took me months later to figure it out but three of our top five givers left the church and and then nine of the top 20 if you spread it out nine of the top 20 givers of the church either left or they they lost their job or they retired uh and and the ones that left they moved their jobs yeah. moved you know so it was it was like the perfect storm. And it was a massive amount of money that was in our budget. And I never could figure out, and I, you know, I found that out, but God got us through it. But I remember, um, uh, I, I had made some changes and, uh, I, you know, we had lost people and I was going through this. I, I was struggling because I'm like, man, I feel like I'm, you know, what's going on here? Well, it was a transitional period. And I remember going to a deacon's meeting one night and I just said, okay. You guys are so nice and kind to me but I am just going to I'm going to open the door are you, are you guys concerned are you upset with me you know or just I, I need the I need the other shoe to drop yeah. let's get this out you know cuz I'm thinking these guys may be upset with me and they're just not saying anything and uh, and I just laid it all out you know I, I made these changes we've lost people da 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 and every one of those deacons who are spiritual godly men looked at me and said pastor quit worrying about it we're, we, we're having great services. The spirit of God's moving. People are getting saved. Backsliders are getting coming back to the Lord almost every Sunday. You know, God's changing people's lives. They're, they're like, the church is doing great. Mm-hmm. And I said, so you guys aren't working? They said, no, we're not worried at all.
0: i <laughs> <laughs> I remember sitting
1: there thinking, I told them, I said, so I'm your pastor and you're having to encourage me today. They just all died laughing. But if you don't have a spiritual group of guys you could have had a bunch of guys that said, "Well, yeah, we've been worried about it, and what are you doing?" And you know, just yeah. knock me down even further. Spiritual, godly men did the opposite. Mm-hmm. They did what I needed them to do and said, "Keep doing what you're." They did. They said, "Keep doing what you're doing. It'll, it, it'll come out. It'll be all right." Part of that was a business sense. You know, they said, "You know, you go through times when you make changes and, and stuff happens." And they, they, they came from a spiritual side and a business side. Just don't worry about it just hold the course. We'll come at it. And they were right. We did. Mm-hmm. So you want to have spiritual men. You want to have men that are praying for you and support you. And I'll tell you the other thing too, what's important for them to be spiritual. Is this okay? I'm just,
0: yeah, just riff. That's riff, what I wanted you to do. Well,
1: the other thing is my, our deacons tell me, and, and this is every generation. And we tell the new deacons who come on, we kind of you know you have to prep them because you've especially if they've never served before, they got to know like what what's expecting me, what I do, and other deacons will tell it to them. They'll it's it's stated the pastor of our church has the vision for our church, so whatever he envisions, God gives him. It is our task to finance that and make that vision become a reality. So this whole concept we're going to keep him in check, and we're not spending any money, and we'll tell you what to do. All that does is kill a church. The deacons' role within limits now, I'm not talking about where a pastor's being stupid and wanting to get him a million dollars in debt and the church can only handle $100,000 worth of payments. You're you saying
0: you can't get a jet? No, I'm not Dang getting it. a
1: jet. No, I'm not <sighs> getting a jet. That's not. That's not, no jet for me. And I hope my deacons would shoot me down if I'd ask it. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, excuse the pun. But, but you know, they, they're the ones where, and here's what I found out. If they are spiritual, yeah. If they are full of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit in me is the same Holy Spirit in them. So if God begins to give me a vision and I'm saying, okay, here's the next thing we need to do, here's the next ministry, then what I found out is God gives it to them. And this is a this is a leadership tip here. So you never should go into a deacon's meeting or any meeting and just dump something on them and blindly blindside them with this, hey, I got an idea. You have what's called the meeting before the meeting if you have wisdom. So when God gives me a, a, something fresh, and idea, I feel like, okay, this is the next thing we need to do. Then what I do is I, I meet one-on-one with them. And it might be on a boat while I'm fishing. It might be at a restaurant, a comedian. But, but I'll, I'll talk with them. i say, look, I got an idea. And I'll say, here's, here's what God's dealing with me. And I'll tell them the idea. And Evan, this has happened more times. I've had guys look at me and say, well, Pastor, that is so interesting you said that. God's been dealing with me. I've been thinking the same thing. Well, that's confirmation to me Mm -hmm. that what God's given to me, he's given to them. So I'll go to another one and I'll talk to him. "Well, that is so funny. I was praying the other day and I had that same thought as we need, we need to deal with it and pastor here. So that's what God's telling. I'm saying, yeah. So what I found out is the God that speaks to me, speaks to them. And I'll talk to two or three, four of them. And then we'll get in a meeting and I'll say, guys, I got an idea. I've talked to several of you about it. I just want to, Today's meeting is just about. I want to present it. And let's talk about it. It's just in the realm of ideas here. And what I will find is, and the, the rest of the guys will say, "Well, you know, I I think we need to do that. I feel like that's the direction God's take. So if they're spiritual, that's incredibly important because then it it brings unity in the in moving forward into the destiny that God has for you. And there's mm-hmm. the sense and the confidence is just like in the early church where the 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 Jerusalem meeting the council they said it seemed good to us and to the holy spirit yeah and so that's almost that's just incredibly it's fun there's actually mm-hmm. a joy in it where you feel like okay we're on we're on the right track here this is the next thing we got to do cuz the lord is dealing with all of us to do this
0: so let me take Take like five minutes to answer this next question, and then let's move on to the qualifications. But this is just a thought I had because maybe the listeners are thinking this. Okay, just with this one story, what we've got is that deacon means servant and that the first kind of diaconate ministry had to do with serving widows and like literally serving them, like going and doing things. What you've been describing is less like get my towel, start waiting tables, but managing finances, What does a modern deacon, especially in our church, look like, and why does it look like in this day and age? So, for instance, parachurch ministry has taken over a lot of the sort of mercy and financial ministry. So, for instance, rather than our deacons handling um, consistent finances to someone who has no food, we have got great things like Haven of Rest and AIM and things that have maybe taken that over for the community or... Um, you know, with the nature of government, maybe there are less people in like dire need like widows because of things like social security and whatever else. I'm trying to set the stage for as society has changed and there's more general financial servitude programs, how has that changed the, the deacon, the ministry of a deacon? How has that changed them as servant? And other than handling church finances, what are some other roles that deacons play Or even things they do behind the scenes that never get talked about, but you know.
1: Well, so here's how I'm going to address it. Maybe a little bit different. What you're the direction you're going. So, so you take this particular story. This is this is a story. This Mm -hmm. is a this is a particular event that helped create a role that is deacon. Like, yeah, as you stated, it never says they were deacons. Exactly. So we have to be careful that we're not pushing too hard here mm-hmm. to say, well, well, if you're a deacon, then you ought to be taking care of widows. That's it, right. So yeah, we yeah. don't want to do that you. because yeah. it never says that. Mm-hmm. Later in Paul's writings, Paul actually creates the term of deacon or mm-hmm. uses the term deacons. It's a Greek term. So, but, so th- that's one thing. If you have, you can have a prophet but you can be a person who exercises the gift of prophecy. So just because you exercise the gift of prophecy at times doesn't mean that you have the office of a prophet. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use that. Okay. Same thing with a deacon. I think you have the office of a deacon, which Paul does establish later. And we'll talk about that in a second. But I also think you have the spirit of a deacon, which is the the, the table waiter, the Mm. servant. And we have tons of those in our church. Yeah. Whether they're changing diapers in the nursery or working in the children's department or in your student ministry, or uh, I have a team that that serves meals every time there's a death. So they, they're our benevolence team. They they served yesterday because I've got to do a, a graveside service after this podcast. They served that family mm-hmm. yesterday. We have a team that visits all of our shut-ins That's right. and ministers to their needs. We have a team that actually builds... And does work for widows and senior adults and people in need, handicapped people, you know, people with physical disabilities. That they'll build ramps. They're
0: they are they are deacons. So I get your, I I see what you're saying. That it's not you don't have to uh, uh, select and appoint. 85, 150 people and call them deacons just for them to start serving. That's the office
1: of a deacon. That's right. So
0: the office of a deacon. Yeah. Okay. And that's a polity structure.
1: Uh The office of a deacon deals specifically with these things that we've been talking about for the last few minutes. But the reality is anyone who works in a service mode is a deacon with a lowercase d. Mm -hmm. They're a deacon. They're a table waiter. Okay. And maybe all of us should be a deacon in some some form or fashion, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, so I think it's good to separate those two, mm-hmm. and I and I'm I'm not straining because that's why I use the prophet is in because in, you know in Pentecostal churches we especially understand the role of prophets. There is the office of prophet, teacher, pastor, apostle, evangelist. Those are offices. Okay, but can a can a Christian evangelize? Sure. Can a Christian be a teacher? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Can a Christian uh, exhort sometimes? Yeah. You know, uh, can, can a, I, I think for an apostle, might let that one out, Yeah. But the, leave that one out. But the point is, there are offices and then there are operations that's good. that are in the church. So that's, if that helps, I think that maybe kind of helps to, yeah, absolutely. to, to and, differentiate. And I
0: think like we were kind of reading how the office of deacon kind of developed in the early church and, as it became as someone who serves the church and maybe assists the pastor. And I think what what you've been describing is a group of men who literally assist you in our church and doing all kinds of ministry. And so I and, think you're right. And
1: they fund the ministry. So a lot of times we start a new ministry and, you know, I come to them and I say, Hey, we got this new ministry. Um, you know, we need to fund this thing. Mm-hmm. So in a sense they are serving in that they're saying, well, then let's make this thing happen. Yep. And so they, they, they say, here's what we're going to do. I I have had times to, just to expand a little bit, because again, every church policy is going to be different. Yeah. Okay. Everybody's it. What else a deacon brings to the table is what they can do. Mm -hmm. So I have had guys who were construction guys who, who own their own businesses or whatever, incredibly sharp financially, whatever they ended up doing a lot during their times. They would, they would do a lot of remodeling, oversee projects. It's what they love to do. It's what they can do. And so while they're a deacon meeting in a meeting, they're also doing an incredible amount of work in the church. I've had guys serve that own their own businesses, but they love to cut grass. And I had one man, I preached his funeral a few weeks ago. He cut the grass at the church. That was Mm -hmm. before we were at the point. This was years ago before we hired somebody out to do it. He'd come out here every week, cut the grass. He loved it. He was a deacon in the church, but he would cut the grass and make sure that everything was just meticulous and looked great. So we've had guys that serve. That's why I said they serve in roles. I've got one guy that served. He was over the entire connection ministry, our, our, our in the sanctuary, out of the sanctuary, our, our, uh, uh, greeters, you know, impact team, the guest services, security. He was over all that. I've had guys that were usher captains. I got some that are now their, their job is they oversee all the ushers every Sunday morning. So, and they usher. So my point is they do serve. They serve in a variety of roles and in in different capacities. Um, Some of them are life group leaders. So they lead groups and, and, and ministry teams. So yeah, they do. They serve. So yeah, while they function in a meeting and are overseeing the structure of the church and the buildings and the grounds and overhead, et cetera,
0: ultimately those men are serving in some capacity. That's really good. I feel like that's really really helpful, and I love I love hearing you know when we give like when we give to missions and something like that. I'm just assuming that's a that's a conversation you sit down with the deacons and they go let's go for it. And so they're I would assume they're helping you they're, they're, they steward to to fund ministry. So any money that comes
1: in obviously that's earmarked for missions it goes it comes in it goes out. You yeah. know there's never misappropriation of funds. We build in the budget to for missions Mm because missions is is important in our denomination. We give monies that goes to missions, So that's kind of built into one of the cool things that we have done. uh, And it's a tradition. So it's not written because we want it to be organic um, is that, and it's carried on from every generation. So the new deacons that come in, they understand that this is kind of a thing that they do is say, um, say we had a $1.5 million budget, but one point, $7 Seven million came in. that's two hundred thousand dollars above and beyond. okay the deacons get to the end of the year and when we get to the end of December and we get that number that in the giving we've had two hundred thousand more dollars. I'm just p- pulling this we've never had that happen, but I'm just pulling that up two hundred thousand dollars more. they take ten percent of that it's just it's a thing that they talk about is let's take ten percent of that, which would be twenty thousand dollars
0: and they say let's give it to missions. That hey, if you're a church member, that should make you smile. Oh, absolutely. Like that's, that's your you know, deacons. Yeah, every year. So
1: whatever it is. So if it's if it's uh if it was if it's a hundred thousand dollars that our is our surplus above and beyond what was needed for the budget, then they'll take ten thousand dollars and they'll and they'll give it and they usually uh they they make a motion, second it, pass it, and then they say, Pastor, you obviously know they have the connections
0: just yeah, disperse find them. somewhere for this. Yeah, to go. it's yeah. my job
1: to disperse that and distribute. And then I come back and give them a report, which I always have fun with that because then I'm just. Oh, yeah. And we we always sow it into good seed into good fields. Absolutely. So, for example, we helped to build a church in Amsterdam, which is desperately needs Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. with a red light district and everything. And there's actually been a revival. I've been told in Amsterdam where people are coming to Christ. So we we sow that. But yeah, that's that's again. Deacons should have that mindset of we've got to do ministry, we've got to facilitate ministry. So many guys, I've heard these horror stories oh, about guys that are, you know, we just want to sock money away and you can't spend anything, and we're not going to do anything, and they they think they're supposed to listen. You sock, you sock cds left and right you know socking monies and cds and bragging about it when you 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 get to hit and not that you shouldn't i mean we we keep money back Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong but we have to we have a lot of overhead and also it allows us to do big projects so ultimately that money is going to get spent so even if we keep back a lot of money we end up doing a lot of big projects for for, for ministry but people who don't do anything but they're just socking money into cds and into money market accounts and they want to brag listen you're going to stand before god one day and you have to give it an account to God when God's going to say, I gave you people who gave their tithes and offerings and gave you all that money and you never did a thing with it for yeah. my kingdom. You're going to have to give an account for that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's kind of scary, isn't it? It is not it thats scary. And so deacons have that understanding is, uh, you know, our, our job is to be wise. We have to be good stewards. You have to keep the percentages back, et cetera. You know, if the big 10-ton Air conditioning units go out for whatever 20 ton, whatever those things are that run our big sanctuary. Uh, they they don't cost a thousand dollars a piece. <laughs>
0: you know, you got to
1: have some major money put back. So, you use wisdom at the yeah. same time. You have to say, people give f- for vision and they give to meet needs. And so, we do that. And we have benevolence ministries, we meet a lot of needs, minister to people. Um, and the deacons build that in, make sure that happens. So yeah, ultimately, they are meeting the needs of people, um, but it's kind of in a broader sense than hands-on. Gotcha. It just depends on the size of your church.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's definitely it shifts and change changes with every. Um, what am I trying to say? In every church, every location, every context, every
1: context is going to be different.
0: Well, let's uh, man, we have 45 49 minutes already. We're just good at talking. Well, <laughs> we told though, you that. No, it's been, it's, it's been awesome. Yeah, I love our it's deacons. Been like, awesome.
1: I, my deacons, I love my deacons. I love, I, I love working with our deacons. You know, I know pastors that hate meeting their board or hate me. We get together, and, and I'll tell you something else. I do you talk about spiritual. We have an agenda. It's Uh pretty the same agenda. We go through financial reports, and we look at work, and then we deal with whatever issues. And we have a zero-based balance budget, Mm -hmm. So, which I recommend every church has a zero-based balance budget because then every dollar is accounted for. Then when you get into a deacon's meeting, because most churches don't have that, so then there's vying back and forth and competing to, we need, you know, whoever the squeaky wheel gets through, we need to spend this money. And then they spend what they got and then they don't do anything until they get some more money. That's a horrible way to get a zero-based balance budget. Everything's budgeted. So when you get into the meetings, then it's just a review of where we are in the budget. And then if you want to do something extra, then you're now talking about vision. You're talking about, let's do something beyond what we're doing. Our guys have a blast. I mean, it's It's exciting. So I enjoy it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. I would recommend. That's the way to do it if you want to be productive and successful, and has the less stress. And we don't get in our meetings and fuss and fight. Thank God, you know it's yeah. It's all it's all we're in there with a purpose. Like, what are we going to do this month? You know, we have monthly meetings. So, so where, where are we at? What what are we doing? What's the next thing?
0: You know, yep. isn't That great. That's wonderful. Oh, it's fun. So now let's look at First uh, Timothy three verses one through. 3. 13 I don't think I put all of those verses there I'm sorry but um let me read you something from 1 Timothy chapter 3 <laughs> and these are the uh this is basically going to be the biblical qualifications for a deacon so you know we've discussed acts we have uh we've we've talked about how um that initial uh ministry function got started but um let me talk to you about the actual office of deacon, if you will. So, 1 Timothy chapter 3, some number of verses, because I've accidentally put the wrong thing, it says this, deacons, likewise, should be worthy of respect, not hypocritical, not drinking a lot of wine, not greedy for money, holding the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. They must also be tested first. If they prove blameless then they can serve as deacons. And then this is interesting. It says this, Paul says this, wives likewise should be worthy of respect, not slanders, self-controlled, faithful in everything. Deacons are to be husbands of one wife, managing their children and their own households competently. For those who have served well as deacons acquire a good standing for themselves and great boldness in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. So I know that's kind of like a, a big list. I know Paul lists a lot of things there. So I think it'd be helpful to maybe just start breaking down what Paul is actually saying there. So let me let me just kind of talk about this real quick. Paul says that they should be worthy of respect and not hypocritical. Um this this should be someone who the community respects. Remember uh, back in Acts, there was a communal aspect to uh, those deacons or that function uh, uh, being assigned. So they need to be worthy of respect. If people don't respect you, they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to want to be served by you. They don't want you taking care of them or helping them in any way. Two, you don't need to be hypocritical. Uh, hypocrisy is not a measure of leadership at all. You need to be able to be faithful in your word. Um, three, not drinking a lot of wine. If you want a leader, you want someone who is self-controlled and isn't given over to drunkenness. Drunkenness is the lack of self-control. And here's the thing, if you don't have self-control even uh you know, and then the fact that you've given yourself over to alcohol, how are you going to have self-control in the church? How are you going to have self-control in stewarding what is the church's? How are you not going to take, take, take um, for yourself rather than give, 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 give? It is um, That is a sign that you don't have self-control and the, be- the ability to steward. And then I think this is really, really important here. Paul says, do not be greedy for money. Now, why would Paul say that? Well, as we've talked about for the majority of this episode, one of the the greatest um, functions of a deacon is that they steward the finances of the church for ministry in the church, for benevolence ministry, for all kinds of things. If your deacon is greedy for money, you can't trust them. You don't need to put them around everybody else's money. You don't need to put them around God's money. Who knows? Like They they would either um, handle it wrong or gosh maybe even do something horrible and start stealing from the church
1: well and that's why I think when I see that and I'm just I you know you've been really pumping this stuff out so I, I it's was a talk, long list so I'm I was trying, trying to go lot. fast I'm, you're good yeah, I'm, I'm trying to talk you're good but but I think it's kind of goes back to what I said earlier where greedy for money may not necessarily be where they steal from the church but they just get greedy to just sock it away and not spend it mm-hmm. they just we want to get more and more and more and more money that's in our right. church and, and it's like no spend it Improve your ministries, improve your facilities, mm-hmm. dudes. Try. So yeah, anyway, I'll throw that in there.
0: And Paul says they've got to hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. They better be a Christian and and one truly living and serving for Jesus. And this is what I really like. They must also be tested first. If they prove blameless, then they can serve as deacons. And I loved hearing you discussed how with every potential deacon, you have an entire process, you have interviews, you have discussions, you have prayer and fasting. Um, you know, speaking about elders, Paul says, you know, don't be quick to lay hands on anyone. It's the same thing for deacons. We're looking for um, uh, spiritual, qualified, competent men, not people that we're putting in quickly. Then here is what I love that Paul does with elders and deacons. He recognizes it's not enough just to have a good deacon, but their wives have to measure up to a standard too, because you could have a good, faithful, orthodox, spiritual deacon, but their wives are one flesh with them, one person with them. They're a union. And if their wife is spiritually immature, can't conduct themselves properly, they're going to tear down the church instead of serving it. And so that's what I say the wives should be worthy of respect. They shouldn't be slanderers, people who go around talking bad about other people. They have to be self-controlled, both in everything and in, uh, in their tongue and their money and everything like that. They've got to be faithful in everything. And so Paul recognizes it's not enough just to look at men. You have to look at their wives too and ask, can they can they truly be faithful or are the wives going to damage this man's potential ministry and we just can't have that Mm. for the church? And then we speak more about the faithfulness of the deacon. And I think this is really important. Deacons are to be husbands of one wife. Why is this important? Because deacons are called to be faithful to Christ's bride faithful to Christ's church? And if they can't stick it out through tough times and hard times with one woman, what makes you think they're going to be faithful to the church? Uh, Deacons have to manage their children and their own households competently the church is the household of God. Paul likens it to a household. Well, if a deacon can't properly conduct his own house, if he can't properly uh, raise his own children, discipline his his own children, how are they going to be able to serve, conduct, and lead God's own children and his own household properly? So Paul kind of sees the household of the deacon um, as a little microcosm, as a little test phase of what they would ultimately be doing in the household of God. Well, the
1: keywords manage, manage, yeah. and so it, it's their management abilities. It, can you manage your children? Can you manage your house, your own finances? Yep. If you can manage that, then that's a foundation that we can see you being able to manage the church. Mm-hmm. If you can't manage that, okay, if you're having a hard time managing your own life and your own house, then we're definitely not going to let you come in here and and, and, and manage manage the church church and the finances of the church and the ministries of the church. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very fundamental principle.
0: And then here's what I love, and I would really like to hear your thoughts on this. Paul ends with this. He says, for those who have served well as deacons acquire a good standing for themselves and great boldness in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Paul says to be a deacon in the church, to serve in that office, it's a good thing. You acquire a good standing for yourself and great boldness in the faith.
1: Well, I I think from a spiritual aspect, you're a spiritual leader. You're influencing the church. You're influencing the congregation. Your life is modeling Christ. So that's kind of baseline. Then if you are taking steps to improve the church, to start ministries, to improve ministries, to to, to help those in need— uh to minister to the widows and you that's going to put you in good standing. Yeah. You that you're a person who cares. You're a person in leadership who cares. You're a person who's making a difference. I think in those cases you do acquire a good standing for yourself. And that's the point. Um Jesus said the greatest among you let him be a servant and a lot of times we think that the great people in the church are the people up front and doing whatever but the the great people are the people that are serving and meeting mm-hmm. the needs of people and helping to add value to others and they're they're feeling better about themselves and they're better at what they do and people are pouring into them that's the person that acquires a great standing yeah. and 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 then the great boldness in the faith is that the more you serve God and you work for God and you watch God move and you got see God do these great things you you do have a a great trust in the Lord and I think there is a boldness in the faith. And you go back to those, those, um, deacons, those six guys, they had a boldness in the faith. I mean, Stephen was the first martyr of the church. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and stood for Christ in the face of unbelievable odds. And they stoned him to death, but he never wavered one time. And then Philip is preaching to a, a government official. Uh, in his chariot and lead him to Christ and bat- water baptize him because so, I
0: don't think we realize the things deacons have to go through and you mentioned it earlier the faith they have to walk through they have to walk through trials and struggles and fires and financial crises and you know whatever else and and even for those men in acts I don't think we realize the church just started these deacons handled this wrong this whole this whole church project could be ripped apart the racial tensions were already high enough. If they let this thing just develop, it, w- it would have been like a cancer that rips the entire church apart, yep. and you never have the unity that you know Christ died and rose again for. And so they had to walk by faith and by the Spirit, and they saw God's faithful hand through it.
1: It is, and so that boldness in the faith that is in Christ Jesus is it, it, it can be like you know, some party wants to think, does that mean they were bold in their witness? But it could be like what I talked about that when I was I was struggling because. Of course, I've been it day in day out. Uh I'm not seeing the finances at that point. You know, a few years ago, the way it was, and I'm wavering, and I'm trying to stay strong. and And those guys in that room that day were bold in the faith. They yeah. were like, "Don't worry about it. Everything's mm-hmm. good." You know, and and a business a business point of view, is so much different. We were within ten thousand dollars of the budget well in a business world if you're within ten thousand dollars of your budget that's fantastic i mean that praise the lord yeah they yeah. get all, and they kind of said that they said like look we know what you're used to but we're meeting budget we got money in the bank and we're right here yeah it's it's close but we're okay yeah you know and so uh th- th- there's a boldness in wisdom but there's a boldness as well as in the faith so i i think that's that's really really important um that they do that. And by the way, I got to correct something because I actually we have a manual. We have a deacon's manual, and I look yeah. back and we have made some adjustments in these and, and, and editing. And I had forgotten we actually do now make it that it's a requirement that a deacon has to be active in some area of kingdom service and ministry. I know we had, it always had been kind of a unwritten. Yeah, I think we went ahead and said let's do that. So um yeah, we want people that are active in ministry, so we look for that. Yeah, that's it's actually in the in the manual now. So.
0: Well, that's really really good. Well, do you have anything else to say in the line of of deacons and in this particular ministry?
1: Um, I, you know, I'm just kind of going through here trying to see because I, I don't want to, I don't really want to miss anything. I and I, you know, I think I think we've covered it pretty pretty well. I, I probably the only other thing that might just, just circle back around to the the six deacons uh, is one of the things that I thought was really really neat. Is that the apostles said, and it really helps to if we if we're going to say that those are the original six deacons of the of the beginning of the deacon ministry and position in the church. What the apostles said is it, it, we don't need to be waiting tables, we we don't need to be serving in this capacity. Do, do pastors serve? Absolutely, we know they do. Mm-hmm. Okay, they protect the flock, they feed the flock, but they said we don't need to be doing this ministry. Okay, we don't need. We need to be focusing on prayer and the Word. That's our primary calling, and so I think that if if we just understand, and that's what that's what I think our deacons here know, is P- Pastor, we'll take care of the buildings. We'll take care of the grounds. We'll we'll take care of the budgets. We'll we'll take care of. You, you know, you want to add a you want to add a staff member. We'll approve you. You come up with a package. We'll approve it. Hi- We'll take care of that so you don't have to worry about that. We'll make sure the grass is cut. We're going to make sure that everything's, t- the, the bills are paid. We'll set mm-hmm. a budget up, all that. You guys just, cause I say you guys, cause you're, there are a lot of us, several pastors on our stuff. You guys just preach the word. You yeah. take care of us spiritually. That's what we need you to do. You, you teach us the word, help us to be more like Jesus, win people to Christ. Help us to pursue and fulfill the great commission. Um, do, do that. That's what we need you to do. That's what matters the most. Everything we do here does it is not even going to happen unless you're in there in that service, flowing in the spirit and preaching the word. And new people are coming in and they're wanting to be part of this. You just do that. We'll take care of all this other. And I think that's what was happening here. And what was so interesting is. Um, and by the way, they called it business. I don't know if you know, verse three. They said they called what they did business. Mm. So there is a business aspect. But um, the creation of the deacon ministry resulted in church growth. That's good. Now, in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, okay, and— uh that is pretty interesting because then you go to, that was verse three and verse seven. Uh, there was an increased proclamation of the gospel, even greater church growth. So so the deacon's ministry, let me say this. The deacon's ministry was a result of church growth, but then it resulted in more church growth. Then the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And that word then says that's a carryover of what just happened. What just happened? We got deacons in the church taking care of the ministers of the pastors. The the, the apostles, in this case, can preach the word. Then what happened? The word of God spread because the apostles could preach and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. So when you have men that can serve in this role and take that weight off the pastor and say, we're behind you, we support you, we're with you, we're a team, we're a unit, you go preach the word okay we'll we'll take all this load off of you then the church is going to grow and if the church grows then you got more people that are coming in they're going to give their tithes and offerings which is going to create more money which means the deacons will have more money to do more ministry pastor better have vision he should, gives them the vision the men said let's go for it need to hire another staff member deacon said here's your money and the church it just keeps growing
0: crazy yeah it's wonderful Yeah, thank God for deacons. Honestly. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode, well, first I want to just say thanks for being with us. But if you enjoyed it, give us a rating, uh, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Share it with somebody who needs it. And we will see you back in a couple of weeks as we discuss elders.